0: Once again, welcome. Glad you're here today, here at Connections Church. I've entitled my message today, How's Your Walk? How's Your Walk? Let's pray. Father, grant us a large portion of your wisdom and grace and Holy Spirit today, so that every man and every woman. In this auditorium right now, we'll be able to hear clearly what you want them to hear today. They're in this facility for a purpose. It says the mind of the man plans his ways, but the Lord really does direct his steps. And though we may come normally or regularly or we may be a guest, everyone's here for a purpose today. Your purpose. And I pray that everyone will be able to... Listen intently, not just from their head and from their ears, but from their spirit and from their heart. And that you will clarify God's something to them. There'll be at least one takeaway when they leave here today to go, yeah, I believe that's what God was saying to me. It might be a word of encouragement. It might be a word of challenge. It might be a word of conviction. But Lord, every one of us. Life is so important and it's passing so quickly. Every one of us needs a takeaway today that comes from Your Holy Spirit. And so prepare our hearts, prepare our minds, prepare our lives so that when we hear Your Word today, at the end of the service, we'll have at least one clear takeaway from Almighty God. Thank You, Father, in the wonderful and powerful and perfect name of Jesus. Amen. The Christian life is a journey, a walk, so to speak. You and I live in a culture that's characterized a lot by uh, goals and plans and destinations and accomplishments, the big picture of life. But I want to remind you today that life is a journey. It's a process. It's a step-by-step. Those two merge and marry, but if we're not careful, we get sucked into this whole idea of goals and dreams and destinations. And we forget it's a moment-by-moment, day-by-day process, journey, step-by-step. And the journey of the walk is about growing and developing, maturing, accomplishing, and moving from one destination to another. Please hear me. God's not so much interested in your accomplishments as He is more interested in who you become. It really is be overdue. Again, they do marry, they do interface, but from Almighty God, He's more interested in who you become. Be who you become rather than what you do or what you accomplish. Listen to me. If you become the right kind of person, you will do the right thing. You need to hear this. I need to hear this because we don't always hear that in our culture. Our culture is about do and be, I mean, and become and accomplish those things. But are you becoming the man God wants you to become? Are you becoming the woman that God wants you to become? It's important for us to think about that. So let me ask you, how's your journey? How's your walk with God going? I slow down and I pause because I want you to ponder that. Any of you have been around my ministry for any amount of time, you know that I believe it's important when we come that I ask you questions so that you can think. And you can consider, and you can contemplate, and you can evaluate. Because the reality is sometimes it's easy for you to come and sit on the sideline and and let me play the game, if you will. You spectate. But you know what? I don't believe that's the best. I'm going to invite you to participate. That's why I ask you questions. That's why I want you to think. So I'm asking you today. You don't have to answer to anybody but yourself and God. How's your journey, your walk? with God going today, right now, at this moment. It's a very important that you evaluate your walk with God regularly. You've heard me say this a million times. You can't improve what you don't evaluate. If you don't stop and look and take it apart and evaluate, how are you going to improve it? See, the reality is most of us just get up and live life. But I want you to know if you're going to be healthy and you're going to be productive and you're going to be successful, you need to employ regular evaluation. I'm concerned that human beings and people in the church, we don't evaluate enough. We just go 100 miles an hour. We're always on the fast lane of life. We're always on the treadmill. We're always got something else to do to slow down. And to think and to ask those important questions and to ask the Spirit of God, look inside of me. Show me where I'm missing it. Show me where the evil one has found a way into my life. Show me how the enemy is setting up landmines that, that I don't see. Help me to take a look at my life. It's important that we evaluate. Evaluation enables you to make sure you're living in a correct Relevant, honorable, and purposeful way. And when needed, make proper adjustments. Listen to me, please. Your life is important to God. Your life is important to your family. Your life is important to others here and and others. Your life is important to our culture. Your life is important to our world. Live your life well, my friend. Live your life well. And where there needs to be some adjustments and some changes, some additions or some subtractions, I pray that you'll find the courage and the boldness. Make those adjustments and make them now because your life is important. Live life well. I'm going to invite you this morning, if you have your Bible, to turn it open to Ephesians chapter 4. Uh, many of you know we're doing a about a six-month study. We've got... Uh, we're starting chapter four today. Uh, we'll be done at the end of September. You know, I'm very topical oftentimes in my preaching, but there are times that I just feel like God wants us to look at a specific particular book of the Bible. And we're in Ephesians again. If you've been with us and you're still not reading your Bible and you don't know where to read in your Bible, let me give you a, a bit of instruction. Just go to Ephesians. Don't say, God, I don't know where to read my Bible. yes. Pastor Jeff said, just go to Ephesians, Okay, just spend some time there, just hang out in Ephesians. If it's a verse or a couple of verses or a chapter a day, whatever it is, get into the book of Ephesians so we can learn, we can grow together and with him so that we can become the men and women that God wants us to become. So we've now arrived at chapter four. And today we're going to look at verses one through six, Ephesians one through six, written by the great apostle Paul. And as I read these, uh, don't hear these words for everybody else. You ever notice that? Gosh, I wish my wife would be listening to this sermon. <laughs> I wish my husband would be listening to what Pastor Jeff has to say. I hear that all the time. No, no. It's not about your husband, your wife, who's in front of you, behind you, next to you, or uh, the neighbor that you don't like, or the coworker that you're having a problem with, or the boss that you despise. It's not for them. Right now, it's for you. Okay. One guy said, Amen. I love it. <laughs> I, therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you've been called. With all lowliness and gentleness and long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the bond of peace, for there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. There's some wonderful verses. As you know, every Sunday, I would just want us to ponder some points. Think about some things that are highlights here. That's why I encourage you to take your bulletin and go home and and use it as a Bible study for yourself or if you're married uh, with a husband or wife or maybe with kids or a prayer partner or somebody because you're going to see other things that I don't see and I won't have time to highlight everything. But uh, I believe there's always a lot of points to ponder. Here's the first one today. I want you to ponder with me the word therefore. Do you see it there in verse 1 of chapter 4 of Ephesians? I therefore... Whenever you see the word therefore in the Bible, you know what it means? Slow down. It's like a yellow blinking light. Slow down. Pause. Focus. Get ready because the next thing I'm about to say is really, really important. There's a lot of therefores in the Bible. Again, we walk and live life At, I think, rapid speed. And I think it hurts our spiritual life and our spiritual journey. Therefore, slow down. Pause for a moment. Get prepared. I'm going to tell you something very important. So Paul says, therefore, as the prisoner of the Lord. As the prisoner of the Lord. I've told you before, we looked at this in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 1, this whole idea of being a prisoner. Now, we do know that Paul was actually in a prison in Rome when he wrote this. But you can tell from context and from his writing, he wasn't talking about a location. He was talking about a mindset, an attitude. He saw himself a prisoner of the Lord. Do you know you'll never be totally free? Did you know that? whether you live in the United States of America or wherever you live on planet Earth, you're still a human being. You're going to be a prisoner to something. You're either going to be a prisoner to the enemy, the evil one, the devil. You're going to be a prisoner to your own carnal flesh, your own natural personality, your selfishness and pride, or you'll be a prisoner of the Lord. There's no other options. You can try to fill in the blank on some other option, But you'll be mistaken. The Bible makes it extremely clear. While you're a human being on planet Earth, you're going to be a prisoner to someone or something, either to the enemy, to yourself or to the Lord. And Paul understood this and he said, I've made a choice. I'm no longer going to be a prisoner of the evil one and the enemy with his lies and his deception I'm no longer going to be a prisoner to my selfishness and my arrogance and my vanity and my foolishness and my pride. He said, I'm going to be a prisoner of the Lord. My friends, who are you a prisoner of? Are you still in a condition where you're a prisoner to the enemy the evil one? Are you a prisoner to your own carnality, your own flesh, your own temptations, your own lust, the things that consume and control so many human beings? Or are you a prisoner of the Lord? I want to be a prisoner of Almighty God. If I have to choose, and I do, gosh, I choose to be a prisoner. And every time that I start walking through life and making my own decisions, He keeps coming me calling me back. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I want you to remember you're my prisoner, not in a negative way. It's a positive thing to be chained to that which is good and truthful and righteous and ends up for my best. I want to be I want to be a prisoner to that which is going to help me, not hurt me. What about you? The number second thing I want you to think about is evaluate your walk. Evaluate your walk. Do you see it right there? He says, I'm the prisoner of the Lord. I beseech you to walk worthy. Walk worthy. Paul's urging. He's earnestly desiring. He's even begging the Ephesian believers to walk or to live their life in alignment with Almighty God in an honorable way. Don't you see the great love that Paul had for the brothers and sisters in Ephesians? Oh, he says, I'm begging you, walk worthy of God. Why? Because he wants to see them walk in obedience. No, he wants them to see the best that God has. You know, Paul understood that God had a better plan for their lives than they did. You know, I, uh, I have a wife and three children. That's no secret to, to most of you. And you know what? I pray they would walk worthy. Worthy. Why? So that they're obedient. No, because I believe God has a better plan for their, their life than they do. And because I love and admire and adore them with my whole entire being, I want God's best for them. You know, it's easy for me to want their best. If they tell me, well, I want to do this or I want to do that or I'm going here, I'm going there, I want to work here, I want to work there, I want to marry this person, I want to marry that person, whatever it might be, I want to get behind that. But you know what that that drives me? I'm not very passionate, but where I am passionate, the thing that really drives Jeff Crabtree is that I want them to experience God's best. I want God to fill them with His very best. I want them to walk or live worthy. And that worthy doesn't mean performance. It means aligning with God's best for their life. My friends, evaluate your walk. Are you walking worthy? Again, not performance. Are you aligned with and enjoying God's very best for your life? That's what Paul was praying for the Ephesian believers. That's what I'm praying for you. That you will walk worthy. You'll be in a line with God's very best. Not just His permissive will or the things He lets you get by with. I want you to be in the center of His blessing. The very best He has for you, I want you to experience. Third thing. Your call. Do you see it there? The prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of your calling. If you are a true and authentic Christian, you've been called. Remember what the Bible says? You didn't choose him. He chose you. How many of you say, oh, well, I accepted Jesus. I received Jesus into my heart. That's how we talk in the church. And that's all true and, and it's real. But do you know that you couldn't have done that if he wouldn't have first allowed you to? Or given you his sovereign grace? You would not have had the ability to. He was ahead of you. How much do we think, well, it's so much about us? No, God's already ahead of us. But you've been called by Almighty God. To be called by the Creator is a lofty and a heady thing. Think about it. There's billions of people on the planet, and there's billions of people on the planet that don't know Him. That have not been called. They haven't heard the calling. You've heard the calling. That's a great and an awesome thing. Within God's calling, there's possibility, there's opportunity, but there's also responsibility. I just simply say this. God has honored you. By calling you. Will you honor him by living appropriately? We're called. You know, I I remember growing up and my mom's a great cook. And uh, she's saying no, but when we were growing up, I couldn't wait. I'd be out playing. I couldn't wait till I heard these words. Jeff, my wonderful, superb, incredible son that's so awesome, so wonderful, so beautiful. I'm so glad I'm your mom. It's time for dinner. That got me pumped up. I've been out working hard playing, and then I heard the call. It's time to come in and get refreshed and get nourished. Or we'd be getting ready to go on an adventure or a trip, and I'd hear, Jeff, my wonderful, awesome, incredible son that I love so very much, it's time to go. Great. I was excited for the calling. My question to you and the question to myself this week, are we just as excited about his calling? Are you excited about being called? If I'm not careful, I've been in this thing so long that I forget how awesome and incredible it is to be called by creator God, to love him, to serve him, to follow him, to be his representative of life and truth. In a dark and hurting and broken world. Are you excited for that calling? You're called, my friends. Four, attitude leads to actions. How many of you will believe me when I tell you your attitude oftentimes determines your actions? If you're in a good and a positive and a proper frame of mind and your attitude's good, Don't you think that you're probably going to make good decisions? Isn't that probably a given? Does anybody disagree with me? Deacons, if anybody raises their hand, this is where you guys come in, right? How many of you know that's true in the spiritual realm? When you're in the Bible, when you're in prayer, when you're seeking to live an honorable, godly life, don't you believe that the decisions you're going to make when you have that attitude are going to work out for your benefit? Please forgive me. I've gone to preaching, but how many people don't give themselves to the spiritual thought all through the day? I don't know about you. Maybe this. I think this should be normal Christian living. Not perfectly, but I'm always trying to say, "Okay, God, what are you doing? What am I supposed to be seeing? What am I supposed to be learning? Because I want to put my heart and my mind into a spiritual arena, because I know that the decisions and actions that come from that are going to be better than if I'm just thinking about how do I get ahead? How do I climb over people? How do I get all that I want? How do I make more money? How do I get ready to retire? How do I buy my house in St. Thomas? So look what Paul says. He says, with lowliness and gentleness and long suffering, Bearing with one another. Those are attitudes that have led to an action. Would you agree with me? My friends, that's why the Bible says, set your heart on your mind, not on the things of this earth, but on heavenly things. How hard is that? You know, when I've got a three foot putt for eagle, those of you who are golfers, right, Lance? It's hard for me to be thinking about Jesus. except Jesus help me make the putt. Please, Jesus, I can't do it on my own. I gotta, I gotta get a, I've got to get an eagle. I don't want you to take it too far. But what I do want to say to you, my friends, is your attitude leads to your actions. So we need to think more spiritual, more often. Five, stay connected to the Spirit. It says what there? With all those attitudes, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit. The unity of the Spirit. We just talked about attitudes and actions. But how many of you know that these things of lowliness, gentleness, long-suffering, bearing with one another are not normal or natural? Left to ourselves, we'll probably do the opposite, won't we? Think about it. How many of you... Get up in the morning and just... So God, I just want to be a servant. I just want to bow low. I, Susie, I just want to serve Roger. That's the only thing I want to do is make Roger happy. Not, not happening, right? Okay. <laughs> it's not normal for us to get up and want to be lowly. What about the next one? I won't go too far. Gentle. I'm one of the most gentle people... You'll ever want to meet. (laughs) Only my wife is laughing. No, I'm loud. I'm aggressive. I'm type A. I've got my own thoughts. And by golly, you get in my way and you're going to feel my wrath. Not gentle. What I'm saying is these attitudes that lead to these actions are not normal and natural for all of us. There's only one way that you really tap into these attitudes and actions the way God wants. You have to be connected to the Spirit. You have to be filled with the Spirit. It's got to be the Holy Spirit that's doing it. Let me ask you a question. How many of you are connected to and have a good and viable relationship with the Holy Spirit today? I'm not talking about having the theology that he's the third person of the Holy Spirit. I'm asking, does the third person of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, walk with you, talk with you? Do you listen to him? Do you pray to him? Do you call out to him? Are you listening to him? Because if you're not connected and walking in a viable relationship with the Holy Spirit, what you're going to get is your old nature and you're going to get flesh. You're not going to get the right attitudes Or the right action. You don't have the capacity inside yourself to do that. It's only by the Holy Spirit. My friends, let's call out individually. And as a church, Holy Spirit, come. Fill us. Guide us. Lead us. We need you. So that we have the right attitudes and we have the right actions to glorify God. The next one. The power of one. I only have 17 more. Just hold on. The power of one. No, I have two more. The power of one. You see it there? Endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit and the body of peace. There is one body, one Spirit. As you were called, one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One of the great realities that I see in America today that troubles me is that we have grown up in and we're very infatuated by independence. I'll do it my way. Even an elementary understanding of the Bible says God never created us to do it alone. He created us to do it in groups and families and together. We are to be a body. We're to be a family together. We need interdependence. The power of one is powerful. I could preach a lot on that. I'm not going to today. But I want to say this, we need each other. Let's stick together. Let's stay together because the number one work of the enemy is to what? Divide. For you to get hurt, to be, get offended, for me to get hurt, to get offended, for expectations to be missed, that the band didn't do it right or I didn't preach too well or I was too loud or uh, whatever it might be or the staff didn't do this or the congregation Gosh, there's a million ways the enemy can divide us. Let's not let the enemy divide us. There's power in us being one, a family of faith together, sticking it out even when it's not good. Uh, When it's a bad time, guess what? A good time's coming. If you don't give up, if you don't give in, if you don't throw in the towel, if you've been married any more than probably a year, you understand what I'm saying. There's some days you wake up and go, whoa, 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 what kind of deal did I get myself into? But just keep going, keep loving, keep praying, keep serving. Pretty soon there's you wake up and go, it's a whole lot better. Now, most of our marriage 33 years, Kathy has said that. It's pretty good. good. No, she's going, oh, God, he used to have hair. <laughs> Power of one, my friends. Let's stick it out. Let's stick together. Last one. And I'm going to have myself, which is the band. No we're going to do a video at the last. It's all about him. Do you see it there? The God father of all who's above all, through all and in you all. I hope you like that as much as I do. Folks, let's not get detoured selfish, foolish and don't realize it's all about God. The world's going to tell you it's all about you, Jay. And that's just going to happen. Every one of us, Brandy, me, Chris, Steve. It's not all about you. I didn't like the preacher telling me that. It's all about Him. It's all about Him. It always has been. It is today. And it will always be. It's about Almighty God. And if you don't believe that, you don't buy into that, you don't live like that, you're going to be the epitome of vanity. It's all about Him. Get to know Him. Get to love Him. Serve Him. Share Him. Follow Him. Enjoy Him. It's all about God. How many of you agree with me? It's all about Almighty God. So let me pull this all together. How's your walk? How's your walk with God? Why don't you pray with me? Take a moment and think about that. In prayer this morning, just go ahead and stay in prayer. Prayer this morning, and Kyle, I wanted to encourage you and challenge you, man. You write that book, my walk with God. Man, how's your walk? Where's your walk with God. Take a couple moments. Try to answer that question before you leave here. That doesn't mean that everybody will, but don't leave that question unanswered. By the time you hit your pillow tonight, may I encourage you and challenge you to be honest with yourself and honest with God and and evaluate. How is your walk with God? I'm not proposing that as good or bad, I'm asking you just to simply be sober and honest with yourself and with God. How's your walk? None of us are perfect. And in any area where you need to make some adjustments, can I encourage you? Do it today. Don't wait, because if you wait, a day turns into a week, a week turns into a month, a month turns into a year, a year turns into two years, and pretty soon you've delayed something that you could do today. How's your walk with God? You know, I I had to evaluate my walk with God this week. And like every human being, I have some ups and downs and twists and turns. But I found at the center of my spirit, the center of my soul, I hope you do too, that that's what I want. Sometimes it's hard to want the will of God when it doesn't fit into my paradigm, and my desires, and my wishes, and my hopes. And so I wanted to close with that, just inviting you as you consider your walk with God. I hope we'll individually and collectively just come down to four words. Thy will be done. Hard as it is, God. Thy will be done. Be done. Love you. God bless you. We're dismissed. Have a good day.